This week on Kettle of Fish, authors Isabella Patrick and Vicki Cooperman stop by to talk about those damn Russians. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like the Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Kettle of Goulash, comrades. The only podcast on your secret Soviet shortwave dial. I am your proletarian podcasting host of the motherland, Nick the Saucy One Cat Saurus, here always with a woman who knows her place. The potatoes to my vodka, D, the producer. <laughs> that one. Da, da, darling. No, uh, I actually just ripped the imitation <laughs> voice off of the chick from Glow, ripping I'm... the imitation voice off of because I suck that bad. <laughs> yeah, but, but she, I don't know. I liked it. It was funny. Um, no, I, woman who knows her place. That's cute. Completely untrue, but very cute indeed. Yeah, I'll be getting smacked in the head later for that. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, no, we are we are smack dab in the midst of the summer fun, and so that's what we're doing. We're having tons of fun, and we are going to have, so we got a couple of shows today. We've got Life is Hard tomorrow, um, and we are going to have a new episode of Uncustomary. I know everybody's been waiting patiently for her. Um that's going to be soon. And then we're taking a little time off to actually have fun in our summer. You know, So we don't have a show Wednesday? Uh, no. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We have Alex Wednesday. We have summer fun with um, Sean Whalen and Rebecca Kennedy. Yes. They're going to be talking about their new movie, Crust. And then on Musical Osmosis, and we, have Alex we have Alex White from White Mystery. It's going to be super awesomeness. Um, and then we're going to take a break because we still haven't gotten in our pool. Like, how sad is that? Like, I don't even... Well, it has been raining. So well, if it would get over 80 degrees without raining. I know, right? No such thing as climate change. No such thing as climate change. Um, but then when we get back from our short sabbatical, uh, we are going to have a, a couple... I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to Lee Presson of Lee Presson in the Nails. Because I think it's just the funniest play on words I've heard since I don't know what. And uh, then we're going to have humorist and playwright Dylan Brody is going to join us. Uh, but before that, we're going to have this super week of awesomeness. Um, and I I really, I can't wait to talk to Sean about Crust. Because we did just watch um, his other movies, The Axe Murders at Velasca. Velasca. It's such a hard one. You've got a much better chance of pronouncing it correctly. I know. It, it was actually really, it was it's pretty good though. I was like, I would have liked to see him a little more, his character a little bit bigger, but you know, I liked it. it was and Rebecca is dropping a new movie on Netflix Friday to the bone. Yes, um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. Although I, I was, we were watching one last night. And I just couldn't get into it, but you know, it just wasn't my type of movie. Um, but today, today we are doing other things. Yeah, that's probably not even Russian either. I'm just not going to... I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> um, so you read the book. I was just trying to think Chekhov from Star Trek with the Volcom. Is, is, is he... Was he Russian? Yes. That really? was the whole point of Star Trek is you had all these people representing well, yeah. different cultures. Because that was back in the 60s when people didn't see the future as like a death sentence. Right. Now everything's like Walking Dead and oh, we're all yeah. like fighting each other with sharp sticks for a can of beans and a world yeah. reduced to ash. Idiocracy, yeah, I got you, I got you. Uh, no, so you read the book in a couple of days, and I haven't 
finished, but it's because I was really tired last night, but I definitely got uh, a good part of the way in. Um, I, the only way I can describe this book is um, Mad Magazine without the pictures. That's what it reminds me of, which I love. I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Um, but yeah, today we That's have... That's what America reminds me of now. <laughs> yes. So today uh, we have the authors of How to Spy on Your Neighbor, which is going to be pretty essential here in about two or three years, I'm sure. Uh, we've got Isabella Patrick and Vicki Cooperman. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hey. Um, I'm assuming you guys are broadcasting right now from a secret bunker, like in the basement of a shoe repair shop, right? <laughs> we, we, may, we may or we may not be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You confirm nothing. All right, let's jump right in here because this is astounding to me. I am 46 years old. When I was growing up, it was during the height of the Cold War. Um, I remember the Russia hysteria. You know, we Russia was the enemy. We had movies like Rocky Four, we where he fought the big bad Russian and Red Dawn, and they were always like portrayed as this just subversive, sneaking enemy, and they were always looking to do us harm. And it's been really bizarre for me over the last few years to see this shift and it was cult like acceptance and following in America of Putin and of Russia. And it's been bizarre for me growing up in a Cold War, but I know you guys are from Russia. You're Russian immigrants slash refugees coming over here to America and experiencing that. I can't imagine how bizarre this total shift, especially among Republicans, has been for you guys. Well, I don't even think, I don't know. I I think Russia's more in the news now than it was 30 years ago. That's, what That's true, like. but it's in the, in the news, and you're seeing so many people saying, oh, well, Russia's okay, Putin is a, a glorious capitalist, they're not a communist nation anymore, and they're totally disregarding that he's ex-KGB. I mean, I read Gary Kasparov's book, Winter is Coming, and it was frightening, and I tried to kick a little knowledge about what I read in his book, and people were like, lies, fake news, and it just shows like this propaganda machine which I think, especially when you were talking about gossip and stuff in your book, I mean, it just yeah. feels like this bizarre shift. And I just want to know for you guys growing up Russian, I don't know if you grew up here in the 80s or 90s, but I imagine it was still lingering a little bit in the 90s. I mean, there's stuff people say now about shitting on America and hooray for Russia. I would have got my teeth knocked in 10 years ago saying that shit in a bar. And now it right. seems like... Maybe not 10 years ago, but probably 25 years ago. Right. Well, in, in the areas I grew up in, yeah, like 10 years ago, people were still pissed at Russia. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know where you grew up, but it also depends what news outlet you watch because liberal news outlets are horrified. Conservative ones don't care. It seems like obviously the president, you know, so-called president we elected, uh, you know, the people just don't care. They don't even pay attention, which is why we wrote the book. Which is, the full name is How to Spine Your Neighbor, Your Survival Guide for the United States of Russia. Because complacency is what's going to make us slowly turn into an autocracy. Yeah, I could not agree more. And just to give yeah. you a statistic here, um, Russia favorability has gone up from 13% to 22% among Americans. And has skyrocketed from 12% to 32% among Republicans just in the last two years, just since Trump started running and the only change he made to the Republican platform was we were going to lift sanctions against Russia. I mean, once again, this has got to be maddening coming to this country and having parents who are still very much conscious of growing up in Russia to see that this turn that we're making, right? 
It is maddening. Well, That's why we, I mean, again, it's like, why, what inspired us to write the book? Because I don't think people should hate Russians, but I think that Putin should not be accepted. Isabella? And, you know, I, I mean, I, there's so many, there's so many things that are, you know, you're just, I feel like we're banging our head against a wall being like, is anyone paying attention to what's happening? And yeah. it's kind of like, we're looking at each other, Vicky and I being like, I don't think anyone realizes what's really happening. Some of us do. But I think, you know, to your point about the statistics about Russia's favorability going up, I think that a lot of people just don't, especially the people, you know, who who voted for the position that we're in right now, just really, there's so many news sources, as we know, um, that are spouting out all kinds of quote-unquote news, people just choose to believe what's, what's kind of convenient for them and what's familiar and what they see on TV is what's comfortable for them. And unfortunately, our president is, you know, like a reality TV star, and that's become the norm, you know, among the masses. Yeah. And that's comfortable for them. They're like, oh, he's a, he's a billionaire. He's a businessman. He knows what he's talking about. That's somehow more tangible and more believable. And it's a great cover-up, you know? It's a great cover-up for the millions of people who just really... I mean, I wonder how many of them actually know who Putin is. It, it, a lot of it could just be like, oh... He's the guy on those um, memes that's right in the grizzly bear top list. Of course yeah, he I don't, I don't know how many people know. I think the bottom line is people just don't care. They don't see yeah, and that's sad. They don't understand the connection. They just don't care. So they you guys grow up. a big, rich, white man in power. Yeah. But you guys, you guys as parents live that. So let me ask you this. Um, being steeped, you know, them being steeped in that culture and coming over to America, how much of America do you think is like, are we still that apple pie democracy shining city on a hill? Or have we shifted into more of like the dark and dreary Soviet propaganda machine type culture? Like, are we really turning into Russia in some facets, especially when it comes to like the the dissemination of information or is this being overblown and and it's kind of like you know people are taking sides on it so we aren't really veering into that russian propaganda culture or are we veering into it what do you guys think i think I that mean, we I... have to be diligent either way so the first step is distrust distrusting the media and that's what tr the trump administration is really pushing so i think we have to just be really diligent that we don't turn into that but do you think we're heading in that direction? Or is there still time to pivot? I don't want to know either way. I mean, I'd rather just not. Uh. I think a lot of a lot of signs point to that we could be heading in that direction, but then at the same time, there's a lot of mobilization to avoid that. And I think that we need to focus on that because people are are mobilizing and becoming really active and there are people paying attention and seeking the truth and trying yes, to true. help inform, you know, others. But I think that it's so easy to disseminate, to, you know, it's just so easy to put anything out there to get it online, for example. Um, yeah. And once that starts to circulate, there are, it's a scary amount of people that can't tell the difference between, you know, uh, a rumor and, and a fact, you know. Yeah, and that's Indeed. something you guys talked about in the book, too, was gossip. And I felt like gossip yeah. and fake news is almost like the same thing. Yeah. It is. And also when the abnormal becomes normal and you just stop 
you know, reacting to it. Yep, that is that scary is, as well. Did you, did you guys and get I, picked on as kids? Pardon? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys get picked on as kids for being Russian immigrants? Uh, did you grow up in the 80s or 90s here? Yeah. Well, in the 80s and the 90s. Um, I, I did get picked on. Um, you know, I think, yes, you know, I did called, as well. Like, called a commie Russian. and everything. Yeah, commie, Russian spy, and I honestly didn't even really understand it. I was like, what? I'm just... Me neither. I'm trying to be like, you know, like I remember it now, but when it was happening, it was upsetting, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't, I had no idea, but my husband, who's American and grew up, you know, watching Red Dawn, was like, oh yeah, when we were growing up, it was like the Russians are coming. Like, everybody was scared, and nobody's scared anymore. They were scared in the 80s, and now everyone's like, oh, ha ha, the Russians, that's adorable. And everybody right. was and a I, commie. I was a commie for listening to Ozzy Osbourne back then and having long hair. Right. And people were like, you filthy commie. Like, everybody you disagreed with was a commie back then. Yeah. I still think it's yeah. worse to be Muslim today than be Russian back then. I think being oh, Muslim yeah. today is bad. I mean, yeah. meaning it, it's hard. People, well, it's easier to target, though, because, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's harder to target somebody. It's easier to target someone from the Middle East than somebody who yeah. may be passably white. And you would have to actually That's what get I'm to saying. Yeah, yeah. The racism is adds that element. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the book. How to Spy on Your Neighbor, a survival guide for the United States. I'll say it one more time. And here is the biggest question. United States of Russia. Uh, no, United States of Russia. What the hell am I saying? Sorry. The United <laughs> States of Russia. That's um, where we live now. That is where it we live. Like it, Do you think it? Putin has a copy of this book? Do you think Trump gave him one? I hope not. You know, I want to live. I don't want to be assassinated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just long enough to promote the book. Right. Yeah. Get out. So you guys won't be going to Moscow for a book tour. <laughs> no. 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 I, no. Who really needs to have a copy are people who think everything's okay. Yeah. We have we we have thugs and goons running the country. No, but nobody would accept that. And I mean, just to give you an example, I put up a post yesterday and it was a woman with a pill in her teeth and it said truth. And it said what everybody wants, but nobody wants, you know, the thing everybody says they want, but nobody wants to swallow. And somebody's right. like, this is an attack on the right. This means an attack on Trump supporters. And I was like, but I had no political um, point for putting that up there. I was just talking about truth in general. But it's like the NPR thing, right? It's like anything that side sees. Mm -hmm. That seems like yeah. it's talking about oppression. They automatically go, "Oh my God, this must be an attack on us." Well, actually, it's the Declaration of Independence. Oh, then you tricked right, us right. by tweeting it out. Like it's so fucking upside down and backwards. Yeah. yeah. So how do we break through that? And coming from a Russian culture and seeing what went on there, and there were years, the years before Putin, where Russia had a certain degree of freedom and democracy. How do you break through that? And how do you get America not to kind of slide into that ditch? Hmm. I mean, I think you just have to, you know, as you know, you read the whole book, it's yes. political humor, but actually it's a resistance book. Um, so I think that we have to stick to the processes we have and trust they work, but we have to lean on them. Because if we really are a democratic country, we should not let what happened in Russia happen here, meaning what happened in Russia in the past 16 years. Right. And you guys were smart, I think complacency too. will kill. I think complacency will, will, will kill our whatever. You know, we don't actually live in a democracy. I hate when people call it a democracy. It's not factual. Right. Um, well, represented but, republic. Right, right. But um, it'll kill our democratic systems if we, if we stay complacent. 
you know, I have to, I must confess, I'll be the first to confess, I think I was asleep under Obama because I'm like, oh, we have like a black president who wants to help people. Great. But, I, you know, I shouldn't have been. Like, I went to some protests. I went to some marches for Black Lives Matter. But in general, I, I wasn't. He was having problems with huge problems with Congress, and I didn't do anything. And I think if Hillary or Bernie had won, I might be asleep now. So it could be a huge wake-up call. Well, I've had a lot of people come on the show, actually, people who do comedy and never had politics in their comedy before now. And they kind of said the same thing. The that same like, thing. Yeah. That, I never had politics the last year. Yeah, especially with the woman marches. Like first, what? Especially with the woman marches. I've had a lot of comedians here, and I was yeah. like, hey, I saw pictures of you at the women's march. And they're like, um, like Lisa Best was like, hey, I was always fine being a passenger. I figured the car yeah. of, you know, our democratic system was chugging along just fine, but now I yeah. have to get involved. Yeah, and it wasn't chugging along just fine. <laughs> That's, it wasn't. Yeah. There was a, Congress with Obama, that was a nightmare. And he needed our, I mean, he couldn't do it. That's the thing. The president doesn't do things alone. Yeah. Like, they need the people who elected him or her um, to fight for what, you know, the, the policies and rights they voted in. But you're right. I never did political humor until last year. I mean, I, I could not ignore it anymore. It just was so seeping into every part of my consciousness that I had to talk about it. Well, that's one of the good parts. And I think so. Here's what I think was smart about the book. Because you took like your little shots at um, jabs at Bessie DeMoss, of course, which you should, Kellyanne Conway and all them. Without naming them, yes. Without naming them, which was brilliant. But I got all <laughs> the didn't. references, like with the grizzly bear and stuff like that. Yeah. And anybody who's tuned in is going to get those references. But you waited until the last two chapters to kind of tie it together and go, okay, we've been kind of joking around and poking fun at this. But let's end on a serious note because this is serious. And I think that kind of diffuses people going in who might be defensive and, right. get a, you know, kind of let their guard down. And then they could go, oh, shit, I've been laughing about this, but maybe I shouldn't. And, I mean, right. of course, there's people you'll never reach with the book. There's Trump supporters who hand us their, this yeah. book. They're going to read five pages and then have a book burning. But right. I think anybody who's halfway moderate, open-minded – I think you were smart in a strategy of doing like eight chapters of humor and then tying up with two chapters of, hey, this is like real. Like, I know we're joking about it, but mm -hmm. like shit is really going down. I mean, yeah, we don't, I mean yeah. don't you love when we list all the journalists who were assassinated by the Russian government? I mean, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Fun, light summer reading. Yeah. yeah. Call to action. But I think it's good that it kind of jerked people out of like, it, it opened them up and then kind of jerked them out of, them being open while reading a book, and then those last two chapters are like, look where we are. And I think that's what we need yep. more of. And, you know, South Park, I always say South Park family guys, these shows can get away with making political statements, and they get right. very little hate back at them that, like, NPR never could or Slate never could or right. Vox or whatever mm -hmm. because they're diffusing it with humor, and then people are laughing. Like, I've known people who have been laughing at South Park or Simpsons or something like that, and they're like, ah, oh, and I'm like, but you realize they're taking a jab at you, like what you think. Right. But they don't care right. because it's coming from comedy. it's funny. Right. right. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to do more of in this country. Yeah. Comedy is very powerful. Comedy is really powerful. A powerful way to teach. But, I mean, some of my favorite comedians are the ones that do exactly that. Yeah. And, and it bridges gaps between people as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the book was funny and scary, and I think that's important. My two big takeaways mm -hmm. was... Always have a potato on you, kind of like always bring a towel, like Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide. And 
reading the book, and I mean, like I said, I've read about Russia before, but it kind of made me think Russia would not be the place for a guy like me. I would be taken out in 10 minutes. I would not do well in the United States uh-huh. of Russia. You'll do a lot better there now that you've read the book. Yeah, yeah exactly. now that I've read the right. book, I know how to maneuver a little bit. But with my mouth, yeah. I would be taken out immediately. So are you Greek? Yes, I am Greek. My family is actually from Noxus. My dad's dad was executed by Nazis and not um, for being Whoa. a freedom fighter. He was out drunk past curfew, and they just shot him in the streets like a dog. Oh, my and, God. Oh, my God. So my dad is actually a Greek refugee who hates refugees and immigrants and is totally <laughs> far-right Trump supporter. So don't ask yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. You know, a I lot mean, of immigrants do turn like on, a lot on of each Russians. other. Yeah. Yeah. But my dad's turned on his own party, right? And I always say it's crazy to me. My dad, a very proper Greek, like well-spoken man, now has more in common with Ted Nugent than Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> He's I gone mean, off know, the race. I don't know any immigrants, any immigrant families or, you know, kids that I grew up with that were immigrant families that were like, that were into act, any kind of activism. Like we found that on our own, you know, like our parents weren't like, go out there and, you know, march for this country that accepted, that accepted us. It, it just wow. happened. Yeah, we discovered that that happened just from our own, you know, sort of experiences. And I think that's the problem with a lot of the immigrants that support, you know, they kind of they come here to lean on. I don't know. We all everybody's leaning on somebody else to do to do the work. But you have to get involved and do the work. And obviously, you know, Trump isn't, you know, calling anybody to activism. He just wants everyone to believe like he's doing it by himself, which is the opposite of what Vicky was saying earlier. The president has to rely on the systems and the other, the infrastructure of the government to get anything done. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And he's banking in on that, you know, like I'm doing, I'm, I'm amazing. And I'm, you know, I'm making all these changes myself. Like I am, you know, the but leader. there's two I'm, schools I'm of the thought, only one. right? There's two schools of thought on this one that, that Trump is a dupe and that Russia's yeah. just stroking his ego and being able to get all these concessions from them and being able to kind of dig their claws deeper into our American system. And it is the other of straight collusion. And Putin has something on Trump and Trump is purposely trying to dismantle our press. It's not about ego. It's not about, hey, I'm going to like ask all these states for election voter information because I want to like placate my ego and show that I actually won the popular vote as well, that this is a purposeful dismantling of these systems and longstanding institutions. So where right. do you guys fall? Is this, I, I love how this is the no politic after show. Um, where <laughs> do you guys fall on this? Is this a purposeful, purposeful, like, let's dismantle this, me and you, you know, friends forever, Putin? Or is this, oh, I have to show everybody I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest of everything. I won the popular vote and the media's all lying about me. Is this all ego or is there collusion? I see uh, it as a hybrid. Yeah, um, it's definitely I see both. It that Russia... Uh, loves what's happening because they're laughing at us. So they're letting, so Trump is being himself. He's a narcissist with, you know, psychosis, probably sociopathy. So he's doing a war in media all on his own. I don't think Putin or the Kremlin told him to do that. I think that Russia tried to dismantle our democratic system because they want to be number one. And they're enjoying watching us fall like this. I agree. And they think so, it's, and they think it's so easy. With Trump, yeah, was, and it was. <laughs> it was easy for them. And <laughs> was there collusion between Trump's people and Russia? Probably. Trump himself? 
I, I have no idea. I don't I don't know enough to say yes. And now he's so invested, he could never yeah. admit it. Let me ask you guys this, feedback-wise, because I know I read something on your page, Vicky, how somebody, I think it was last Wednesday, jumped up on stage out of the audience and was being aggressive. What's the feedback, oh, the you guys? Later, yeah. yeah, have you gotten negative feedback, positive feedback? What's the balance of feedback you've gotten, positive and negative? Overwhelmingly positive with some weirdos sprinkled in. So people are, do you think you're, are you winning over anybody? Are you getting, is anybody getting knowledge that they didn't have and going, huh, maybe I do need to take a second look at Russia. Is the book having the kind of impact you wanted it to? Or are people you think just taking it as, hey, here's a comedy book written by a comedian? I think people are definitely getting something out of it. I mean, people are, I mean, think people are both buying it for comedy and also because they want to see the truth, you know, between the lines. Are you getting those kind of letters, though, where people are like, hey, you know, I wasn't taking this Russian thing seriously, and I oh, read I your wish. book. No, 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 I wish. I, I will ask my friend who I know is leans conservative but is takes it case by case and definitely hates Trump but also doesn't believe in the Russia collusion. She bought the book. I would like to ask her what she thinks after reading it. Nice, nice. I'd like to know what she thought, too. All right, yeah. let's kind of um, move into your comedy album. Because I do want to talk a little bit about this because I listened to it. All Good is your new comedy album. Um, it is actually my second favorite comedy album of the year. And that's a lot because I've probably listened to at least 50 because I have a lot of guests come through. What's your first favorite? Lisa Best, Brain Bank. Okay, I'll have to get that. Yeah, it's very cerebral yes, it's humor. Oh, I love and that. She's almost like a female Stephen Wright. I just like how her mind works. But I went yours, to Emerson with Stephen Wright. Not with him, but his same alma mater. Not at the same time. Oh, yeah. Emerson is a great college. Yeah. yeah. I know people went there as well. Um, so I'm listening to this. And actually, if I had one, not even a complaint, one thing that I was disappointed there wasn't more of was there wasn't more politics. Because the stuff that you did touch uh, on, politics in Russia, I thought was brilliant. But I also know I talked to you and you said, well, you know, this was... I did this a few days after the election, so we were still yeah. in shock that even yeah. that it even went down this way. And I've heard that, like South Park, South Park had to go and rewrite everything because they were so sure yeah. Hillary won that they already made Hillary episodes. Right. And this was, yeah, I know. And this was, so I've been, you know, uh, planning for this for a year. As you know, comedy albums take a long time to write and work out. And um, I really was slanted towards Hillary winning. So, I mean, the first 15 minutes of the show was supposed to be like female empowerment, like get ready guys, you know, and then, wow, 12 days before that recording. And we only did it in one shot. I recorded it as the same night as my husband, who's also a comedian. He recorded his, as I mentioned in, in the actual album. But um, I, I mean, I really, not to mention, I was like, so depressed and unable to like function because yeah, I can Trump imagine. had been elected. So then I'm like, oh, I have to go out there like night after night and like rewrite because you have to rewrite on stage. You have to try it out. I mean, I was writing my final joke on the way to the theater. It was awful. So, I mean, I, it was worthwhile at the end, but um, I wanted more. I had way more political stuff, but I just couldn't make it all work in 12 days. Well, and when Trump won, and I still remember the feeling, it was a feeling of disbelief. Yeah. Of like, if yeah. he was to see like 50 UFOs, 50 flying saucers touch down on every city in America and be like, yeah. you know, and you don't know what's going to happen. It's not like they started bombing the White House. They're just the fact yeah. this ominous spaceship is in the 50 biggest cities on Earth. And you're like, holy fuck, what's yeah. going to like, it was so much to process. And I still remember the feeling of, is this real? 
Like, I, what? Yeah, I know. And I also recorded it a month before Russia really blew blew open. I mean, when when Obama sent those spies home from, I think they were in Virginia or Maryland, uh, that was in December. And then it really blew open after that. Like, I mean, now it's just become, it's every day Russia's in the news. I mean, trending. Again, I really haven't, I don't even think there was this much of it in the 80s. And it's a crazy double talk, right? It's like, hey, um, Russia didn't interfere with our elections. They didn't try to interfere. But Obama's to to blame for them interfering because he did nothing. (laughs) But he did sanction them, and that was wrong because he wanted to start a war with Russia and drop it in Trump's lap. But it's his fault because he tried to rig it so Hillary would win by rigging it against her. Like the fucking double and triple talk. And it's like, what are you you talking about? Like, I I don't even understand the points people are making. The thing is, like, you know what's sad, and this is probably part of why the Kremlin is so happy, is that if you close your eyes and listen to quotes, Putin sounds the most sane. And that's why mm-hmm. he's so diabolical. Like, you know, we have Putin quotes at the end of our book, and um, that game finished the Putin quote. His quotes are pretty good. He's a pretty brilliant man. He's diabolical, but he's normal, sane, and level-headed, like, when he's talking. He's very well-trained. By the KGB. Very well trained. Yeah, exactly. A KGB operative <laughs> has won our election. Can you believe this? Yep. It's insane. And no one cares. But is That's there the a American. line? Like, I put a post up the other day, and I was like, where's the line? Like, if they said, hey, listen, um, Putin's going to come over here, and we're going to have him run things now. Like, would people still not care? Or is there any line that could be crossed where these hardcore Trump supporters will go, okay, I'm out? Are they? Is this well, a call? we have a story of when we were picking our book title. Isabel, remember? Wait. I think you tell it better about how we didn't pick Putin to be in the name of the book. Right. Well, well there was, it was, uh, it was either going to be the United States of Russia or Putin's United States, wait, Putin's America, your survival yeah. guide for Putin's America. And we did a little survey amongst friends um, and several people made a very good point, which is fucking scary, which is many, many, if not most Americans do not know who Putin is, which is, kind of what I was touching on earlier, like they see Putin, they might see the name or the word, but they don't actually know what it relates back to, that it's, you know, he's actually the leader of our country secretly, um, not so secretly, but they don't know who he is. So putting his name in the title would be very confusing. Like, who the hell is Putin? What's the, what's Putin's Russia? Oh, you know, it's just like, it wouldn't register. We're not, yeah. people aren't, people aren't educated or informed enough. So are the marches doing any good? I mean, I know they're doing good, but for the other side, like I read um, an article the other day that said the NRA, they, they had found a memo for the NRA because gun sales are tanking in this country because a scary Muslim guy isn't going to take their guns anymore. So they said, hey, we need to start pushing a narrative that like middle-aged women with pussy hats are going to knock down your door and kill your family, that it's the protesters oh that are coming to get you. And we had to start pushing this. And you saw the Republicans start pushing this. Like Newt Gingrich was like, these crazy liberals with their guns. And I was like, but I thought we were all snowflakes. What? Now it's like we're all anarchists. Liberals with, gun- with guns now? Yeah. Oh, man. Right. See, this is another reason that we can't get complacent. Because as you know, protesting is almost illegal in, in Russia. I mean, they make it really hard to have a legal protest. As they do here, and it's getting harder and harder here, and yeah. so is free speech, and so is the media, and it's, like yeah. I said, it's so upside down, and the craziest thing is, it's upside down from the Republican side. 
Like the Republicans growing up were the most hardcore, intolerant of Russia, rah-rah America, pie-eye patriots. And now they're like, yeah, Russia's okay. Putin is just all right with me. You know, it's crazy to me (laughs) that this is the road we've gone down. Yeah, what was the Reagan line? Tear down this wall. You know, everyone's cheering. They love him for basically... You know, the the wall fell. I think Reagan or Bush Sr. Bush Sr. was president at the time, but Reagan's always credited for the first step in that. Yeah, so Reagan right now, I don't think, would survive in a political atmosphere. He'd be seen as a liberal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he believed in climate change. I know. So, once again, my dad has more in common with Ted Nugent than Ronald Reagan. All right, guys, we're almost at the 35-minute mark. (laughs) Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you guys online, where they can get the book, and what you guys have coming up this summer? Well, they can find the book online on Amazon, How to Spy on Your Neighbor, Your Survival Guide to the United States of Russia. It's available on paperback and Kindle. And they can find us on Facebook at How to Spy and Your Neighbor and on Twitter at How to Spy and on Instagram at How to Spy. And, and are you guys uh, making any appearances coming up in the next month or so? Yeah, we, we have, have a reading this Wednesday, July 12th at Domus in New York City on West 44th Street. And um, um, we're and planning to get the book out into, you know, into other, you know, other outlets all over the city and all over the country over the summer. That's our plan. Right yeah. on. And, uh, I'm performing uh, almost every night for the next three weeks, so you can go to my website at VickiCooperman.com. Nice. All right. I want to thank you ladies so much for calling in and mixing thank it up you. about Russia. I think it's important, and I hope yes. the problem is, is I know there's people who they've never listened to the show. They're going to tune in here the first five minutes and go, fuck these little tarts, and turn it off. <laughs> And I don't know how to bridge that gap. I did a political show for years with somebody who was very conservative, turned hardcore radical Trump supporter. And the, the, after three years, that show just crashed and burned. I just couldn't do it anymore because mm. it got so hateful and um, vile. So I don't, you know, I try to be as fair-minded as possible. But you're in this pickle, right? Where if you're too fair-minded, yeah. then the other side wins because there's always this false equivalency. Oh, the left and right are exactly the same. And I always ask people, really, who's the left Alex Jones? Bill Maher? Is Bill Maher the left right. Alex Jones? Like, who's the left alt-right? Who's the, the left right. hate group? Who's the left KKK? And, you know, I hate the false equivalency. I think it's dangerous. Yeah. So you have to kind of walk this tightrope of not attacking the other side and causing more division, but not being so passive about it that they're like, see, see, uh, both sides are the same, so we win. So I, th- I think it's a hard needle to thread. But you guys yeah, keep yeah. doing what you're doing, and hopefully Thank together you. we can kind of bring this country back to the middle or some kind of sanity. We yeah. hope so. I think it's a hard country to lead. Um, it's not homogenous like Russia. And, you know, the beauty of this country is that what's good for you isn't good for me, and what's good for me isn't good for someone else, but there's room for all of us. But that can maybe that can be hard to lead. I don't know. That is true. But, um we can't elect people like this. That I know. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be yep. looking at a very different world in 2020 and things will pivot back. All right, guys, yeah. I just depressed myself. I just ended this show on a depressing note. Oh, well, <laughs> comedy jokes. Ha ha. There Listen to got. Vicky's album in the right book. after the show. Yes. Yeah, everybody go check That's it out good. on Amazon. All right, guys, thanks good. so much for calling in. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. D, are we ready to rock and roll? Got to take a little break before we have to be back here in 20 minutes with Raven. Yes. 
So see you soon, guys. Someone took your plans away. So what's all of us? There ain't